Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 556 of the Juicebox Podcast. Something kind of weird happened, and I'm going to share it with you. So this is a diabetes variables episode. It's about growth spurts. But it may or may not surprise you to know that Jenny and I record a number of variables in a sitting. So I have a little list. I say, hey, Jenny, next up, I'd like to talk about growth spurts. And then we talk about it. We don't pre-plan. We just have a free-flowing conversation. Now, to prove that, I'm going to share something a little embarrassing with you. Jenny and I only record about once a month. There's pretty big gaps of time in between when we see each other normally. So we did growth spurts, and I forgot to cross it off my list. So it ended up on my list again for the following month. Neither of us remembered that. And we ended up doing and we ended up doing this variable twice. And I'm going to leave both versions in here for you so you can see the differences right in between the conversations and they did go differently it's very very interesting i mean for me and i hope for you as well this show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries gvoke hypopen find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box let's not forget too Jenny is just a person who comes on the show, but she has a real job. She works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you want, Jenny can help you with your diabetes. That's not an ad. It's just me saying I love Jenny and I want to help her. Okay, get ready. You're going to hear the same variable twice. All right, I record. I hit record. Hey, Jenny, I want to talk about a variable today, um, growth spurts. And I think, and I think that probably is going to lead into hormones too and puberty. So I feel like they may go together. Am I right about that or no? I would say because they all have to do with growth hormone and changes in the body and yes. Okay. So the reason it comes up as a variable in my mind, and this is from me being able to watch people interact online is that, you know, children get diabetes at all ages, obviously, but the younger ones, eventually their parents kind of get into a rhythm and things are just like working. Right. And then all of a sudden they see on their graph at a certain time of the night, this just never ending upward trend of blood sugars. And, right. they, and that's why I think it, it merits its own variables episode. Yeah, because absolutely. It, because it comes out of nowhere and they don't know what to make of it. Is there an age? There's not, right? Like it could happen to you. I mean, I'm sure there's an age range, but when do like let's start with boys. When do boys start hitting puberty? Honestly, I mean, the range I would honestly say is probably somewhere between 10 on the very early age range, 12-ish, 13-ish, most likely, all the way through potentially like that 18 to 20, because boys can grow longer 
give or take, boys can grow for longer period of time than girls. Mm -hmm. Girls typically grow um, visibly like in height, especially girls typically grow up until about the age of 16, 17 ish. Mm -hmm. Um, Boys grow a little bit longer than that. Um, So I would say anywhere between 10 to 20 as a very wide range (laughs) (laughs) and probably more like 12 to 18 on a on a shorter range well, for boys. The Google magic here tells me that people don't know either because they're people of Google, you know, can a 12-year-old, can an 11-year-old, can a 10-year-old boy hit puberty? And I, so I thought, well, why don't I just like go over some signs of puberty mm-hmm. and that way you don't have to worry about the age so much. But then what came up is hilarious. So now I'm laughing instead of when it <laughs> says first signs of puberty in boys. This is a great, this is such a strange sentence. The first sign of puberty in boys is usually that their testicles get bigger and the scrotum begins to thin and redden. (laughs) So I don't know how you're going to check on that. (laughs) Right, exactly. Unless you've got, you know, a very like comfortable, like, you know, family. I I, I don't know. And or you take them to the doctor and you say, I'm not comfortable looking at this. Could you please check this out for my child? Right. So Because I was hoping for like, you know. Uh, shoulders broaden or I was looking for something that you could just kind of look at, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, for boys, another sign is oftentimes that voice change starts, right? Um, Like some cracky voice, some deepening of the voice um, from the, from the kid sounding voice, which, you know, my little guys still obviously have, they're only four and a half and eight and a half. So they still obviously have that like little kid. but that's another typical for boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, some that occur in both boys and girls are obviously like some underarm hair and like hairier legs and that kind of thing. I will so, uh, say for moms, I think you can, um, the way your son smells starts to change mm-hmm. too. Like that's a, that's a good one to look for. When they start to need deodorant mm-hmm. right. is you're exactly right. When they start to need deodorant, they have a definitive funk after they're done playing yes. an hour of soccer, you know? You, yes. You know. Yeah. I don't, I, I want to be clear. I don't think you should like tell your kid, Hey, if you're, when your testicles start getting bigger and, and, your, <laughs> and your scrotum, what does it say? Begins to thin and red. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's a good way to go. But so but when you see that the indication to you around diabetes should be, they're going to be more growth hormone now. And so we're going to probably have to meet that with insulin. But does the why does that impact? Why is that impact so obvious overnight to so many people? Is it because that's when growth really happens? Or do you think it can be that some people's overnight basal rates are weaker too? like that just popped into my head? Well, I know that, you know, we actually have, um, Gary actually has in his think book, a really nice chart that actually defines sort of insulin needs through the life cycle. And it goes from like infants, kids, teens into like adulthood and then older age people. And what we actually find is that kids and teens have the highest insulin needs overall, you know, if you're completely opposite, it doesn't opposite of this. It doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong with you. It's just the majority of kids and teens will have a much heavier base basal need overnight. Yeah. And it often then sort of dips down a bit, kind of comes through the course of the day. Whereas adults and definitely older adults often have 
a lower base basal overnight, and then it kind of nudges up a little bit more at certain times of the day, especially that morning time period, right? Hormones in the teen years, I think are, they're heavier in terms of visible insulin need, because once you get to the point of being 10 plus years old, you're most likely, if you've been living with type one for a number of years already, you're most likely already at a point of more insulin than you were as a little kid. And so then the hormone impact on top of a rate that's, let's say already like one unit an hour, you know, teens might go up to 1.4, 1.8, 2.1. I mean, the amount of extra insulin needed from a hormone standpoint during that whole teen growth cycle looks really heavy because your base often starts heavier already. Whereas where you're a little kid, you might have a basal of 0.15 and it goes up to like 0.3. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big shift, but it's not as dramatic as like the bigger doses, right? Yeah. It's why that I know I've said a couple of times and I I hope it doesn't seem pejorative, but you know, when you're managing a seven-year-old really well, like it's almost like diabetes training wheels a little bit. Like you're, there's still a lot more coming, and you, you you need to know that that it's on its way. But I think more importantly, when you see it, you need to be able to react to it and just understand mm-hmm. it's. You know what happens that people see it and they're like, oh, something magical is happening, and I don't know what to do, and you know, like, and they get all flustered instead of just saying, well, there's a need here for more insulin. Let's just meet it. Yes, and I do understand that. The, con- the concern can be, it's the first time you've seen it. If I come at this very aggressively, what happens if I'm wrong and I'm too aggressive? Then on the other end, we see some sort of a drop. But I mean, after you notice these things over and over and again, you have to, you have to get ahead of them. Uh, right. You know, And they will happen. And to say over and over again is really important because they will happen over and over again. And again, if you've had a child who's had, or a teen who's had diabetes since they were younger, you've already seen a, a more cyclic, let's call it nature to hormone shifts, growth cycles, and this, you get to a point of insulin need, and then it shifts again, mm-hmm. and then it shifts again, and then it shifts again. Well, kids grow. Yeah. I mean, they, they keep it growing. It, it's waves too. It's waves. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen when you think like there was a time for a long time that Arden was the smallest girl around like she's five one she weighed 70 pounds like you know that kind of thing and uh i mean i think arden's done growing now but arden's five seven you Mm -hmm. know she's one of the tallest girls in the town we live in i mean so much so that if she meets people like guys that used to coach her softball team when she was little she can they don't even know it's her you know, like she's because she is taller compared to her little petite, yes, pre self. <laughs> and, and when I go back and look, sometimes it was weight, sometimes it was height, sometimes she started maturing. At one point, she was rather curvy, she is not anymore. Like it, it went through a lot of different shifts, yeah, seasons. Um, mm-hmm. by the way, Jenny, uh, signs of puberty for girls, why do they use words that make me want to giggle? Breast buds, <laughs> buds. Okay. Right. Pubic hair, which they listed for the boys, but after I said uh, thinning and redditing, I didn't. I didn't want to go <laughs> on. Uh, armpit, armpit hair for girls again. Mm-hmm. Acne could be an indicator, um, and then a higher growth rate. I guess when girls start growing tall, they they keep going. Uh, right. And then what I mentioned earlier, I said um, kind of 
curvy, but hips, thighs, you start getting yep. you start getting fat in all the the lady places. Yeah, you know, like not fat, like. Well, you just, I guess another term is like, you fill out really, you know, you go from really a kid based, very like, I call them like square bodies. Kids have like really no hippie kind of there's, they just are like straight down from like armpit all the way down their legs. They're just this like rectangular box. Um, And I've got like good visibility of it. Like with my third grader, he and his friends have like grown considerably over the course of the summer. Mm -hmm. Like just seeing them now in these first couple of weeks of school, the differences in the heights of kids and whatnot, but they all have boy and girl. They all have this straight, like rectangular box shaped, like (laughs) part of their body. And then once puberty hits, that changes and it's especially visible for girls as, you know, breast development kind of comes into the picture and hips kind of change and shift and, and weight, especially for girls um, who may not have the best like nutrition plans or the, you know, maybe activity and the best types of foods they can tend to during that puberty time gain more than they may actually need to because the hormone shift is causing a lot of shifts in hunger and, you know, the appetite and the way that their body is sort of maneuvering change. Let's, I want to add a couple of things here and we'll stop. But, um, my son's like 21 and a half now. And he texted me the other night, Hey, I just, uh, I just, uh, squatted 375 pounds. And I'm like, I'm like, really, (laughs) please don't hurt. Wow. (laughs) And, and now I realize that even just a handful of years ago, even though he was a strong athletic kid, I still could have manhandled him if I needed to. Do you know what sure. I mean? Like, not that that was our situation, but if if it went right. down, Jenny, I think I could have taken care of it. And, so, <laughs> and, and uh, now I'm pretty sure that if that happened, he would just grab me by my face and he could just, like, throw me out of the way if he wanted to. Right. And, yes. And so point is. is so that, be worried. Yeah. Well, and he, <laughs> but he's still maturing. Like, I know that's a weird thought, but. He looks, it was this spring, we went out on the baseball field for the first time, and I said, this is the first time I feel like I'm having a catch with a man. I actually told Mm -hmm. him, this was the very first time I've had that feeling. And he was a college athlete prior to that. Right. You know, and so, um, but that was the first time he looked at me and his shoulders were bigger and his chest was broader. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is, I'm out here with another guy. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. It's not a kid anymore. Um, Well, and that's why I said, you know, guys can tend to grow. And some of that growth is more, like I said, about like the early teen girl, like filling out guys, especially if they're really paying attention or they're into a a specific sport or something, they tend to plus 18 years, they get that fill out their shoulders broaden a little bit more, their body actually kind of gets more to the point of like, like visible structure to it. He talks in a weird way. He said, I think my, he goes, I think my frame can handle about 205 pounds. Like he's like 190 now Mm -hmm. and he's trying to gain weight, but it's interesting the way he, like, you're right. Like athletes think about it in a different way. They do. I'm always like, I wonder how much thinner I can get. (laughs) You know, like I I would like to not look like, you know, I I don't want to have like fill out and, but my fill out is different because I'm 50. Um, And let's just, uh, let's just add at the end that, uh, birth control pills. Yeah. Can can mimic all of this, right? They they can. I mean, and again, most most girls are not really started on birth control until 
there's a visible issue in terms of their normal menstrual cycle during the teen years, mm-hmm. right? Um, and or you think that there's definitely a purposeful reason for birth control, mm-hmm. right? Um, but most often in the teen years, it's because the cycles are very irregular or very heavy or very, very painful, almost kind of like a debilitating type of, you know, pain. Um, so then birth controls bring in another level of like hormone, but many times with birth control for the women who things have not been as regular, the regularity that's brought in because of them can actually make blood sugar control a little bit easier in terms of the cycle. Um, Some birth controls can contribute to some weight gain and some of the newer ones on the market and or the adjustments to the doses and whatnot for, for what women need, they can be just kind of stabilizing they won't necessarily cause gain or loss yeah so Arden had to do it for reasons that you just mentioned irregularity heaviness Mm -hmm. like etc and um it took us a couple times I'm still not sure we found the right one to be honest so uh, yeah like like I mentioned to you before we recorded like she has like a she's not she's hungry but she can't like imagine what food taste sounds good to her she also is having trouble stomaching meat and there's part of me that wonders if it is maybe a birth control pill that's because does it mimic you being pregnant in some way too? And doesn't sometimes like that happen with foods? I mean, I could be wrong. During pregnancy, yes. During use of birth control, it essentially continues to cycle you through without ovulation. So there is no potential for pregnancy because it just shuts off the ability to ovulate. Right. I mean, that's a general statement, but My question was that does, is there anything about taking the hormones that gives you similar situations to like when you have cravings when you're pregnant or maybe I'm just, maybe that's not right. I don't believe so. I mean, not from anything that I've seen with the women that I work with, um, nor that I've necessarily read about in terms of cravings, if anything, because it's stabilizing hormones or should be more to keep a regularity to the cycle. Okay. I, usually most women have the same types of cravings the couple of days before their period that they would have, even if they weren't on birth control, gotcha. Okay. like the salty, sweet kind of like could eat anything. And then maybe the rest of the time, their appetite is just kind of back to normal. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's, um, I've experienced it now twice in my life, once dating and once as a father and <laughs> with a child. Yeah, it's a different feeling like in, in both situations, but it's, it's <laughs> incredibly interesting. You ladies are very, very interesting people. Uh, okay. Yes, we are. Yeah, no like I could, uh, I could spend the rest of a couple of lifetimes and <laughs> probably not understand what it is I'm looking at still. <laughs> <laughs> Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com com slash risk. All right, you guys ready? Might be a little weird. It's going to feel like deja vu for a second, but then you're going to see the differences. I want to 
talk about growth spurts as a variable. Oh, so that's a fun one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I just I I know it's something that people generally see as my child falls asleep and their blood sugar magically goes up. I I know that's one way to think of it. Um, when I talk to people who have young kids and they'll and they start off by saying this basal rate has worked forever, I don't understand. You know what could possibly have changed. The first thing I say is you know, are you coming out of a honeymoon? And if the answer is no, then I go to, has a child gained weight or grown recently? Right. Because there's two different things going on here when you're talking about growth spurts. There's really hormones in the moment, like if you're seeing a spike overnight, or if you've grown and don't notice it, you have a bigger insulin need, and it's the last thing in the world you think of for some reason. Right. You know, so- Let's talk first about the the hormonal thing that happens that causes you to get bigger. So that normally happens overnight. Is that correct? I mean, for the most part, yeah, a lot of children's growth and the hormones that impact growth happen into the after bedtime time period. Um, and while kids overall insulin needs are higher overnight in general. Okay. That's pretty typical. So even on the nights that kids aren't in a growth phase, mm -hmm. you know, with increase in hormones, most kids still have a rise in blood sugar after they go to bed, but it's not as profound of an increase as during a growth phase. Okay. Um, and there are other like cues, you know, you said, well, has your child gained weight? Are they a little bit taller? A cue to me of just my own kids who don't have diabetes, but I know when they're going through growth because it's visible in what they eat mm -hmm. and their sleep or their like fatigue level. Um, so both of my kids will eat and eat and eat. I mean, kids eat, right. Yeah. But they will eat more. Like they will eat, ask for like two breakfasts. They're kind of like hobbits when they're growing. It's like a first breakfast, second breakfast, yeah, yeah. first, you know, <laughs> and other times like my little guy right now, he's definitely in like a stable time period because his breakfast, I have to like urge him, finish your bowl, mm -hmm. finish your breakfast, you know, whereas usually it's downed in like four minutes, it's yeah. gone, you know? So that's something visually to pay attention to too, because if you're going through that, you can say, okay, I'm going to expect an increase in need. It's happening. Uh, my son, when he was going through his real growth time, you know, 12 years old, 13, like through there, actually boys are usually a little later, but his calves would get bigger and then he would get taller. That's it, funny. It happened every time. So it was just the craziest thing. You'd watch his calves get bigger and then we'd say, oh, Cole's going to get taller soon. And then he would. And I it's funny that you noticed his calves. He's always like, he's a baseball player. He's always in shorts. He never he's like, okay. Yeah, he's never wearing pants. So um, it was just one of those things. Arden sleeps more, you know, yeah. when when her body's going through changes. I, I mean, but but I guess the it, to bring it back to diabetes for a second, it's growth spurts is a weird thing because yes, the, yes, I just my tongue just came out of my mouth didn't go back in at, at the right time. <laughs> but yes. I was like, am I having a stroke? Is this it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but but yes, 
growth spurts cause your insulin needs to change. But it's a throwaway answer online when people don't know what to say. Like, what is this? Oh, it must be a growth spurt. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of right. the, it's one of the eh, diabetes. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Like, like it's that vibe. And I think at least if people can see it, maybe then they won't write off other things as being a growth spurt, if that makes right. sense. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, and it also goes along with, as we know, experience, yeah. right? If you are newer in a diagnosis of diabetes with a child, there are things that you'll have to experience to be able to see what to do and what the impact for your child or teen is going to look like, right? And then you then you use that as you move forward. You use those experiences to kind of build on. Um, but if you've been doing it a while and it's always a throw your hands up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm probably going to talk myself out of downloads here, but the truth is if you came to me and said, Scott, I want to do a variables episodes uh, about diabetes. And you came on and you said, Hey Scott, today's topic is puberty and hormones. What do you think? I'd say, yeah, insulin needs change. You should just be flexible and change with it. But then I would say that in every episode, (laughs) that would sort of be the end of it. Like the, in my heart. And I think at the core of what makes the podcast valuable for people is I don't really care why your blood sugars are doing what they're doing. <laughs> Just meet the need with insulin and move on. Is But still, when you're in the moment, it is, listen, it, it's not only necessary, it would be difficult to try not to diagnose things. And so right. I love these variable episodes. I'm, I'm being a little facetious. I love them because it gives people something to go, oh, like maybe they're growing. Like, I don't know Correct. that there's a ton of technical stuff here. Like your kid might grow and need more insulin. Give them more insulin. Don't stare at two twenties overnight for a week and go. Oh, I don't know what's going on because who you know because right. maybe it's a growth spurt. Give them more insulin, but right. maybe an alien's flying in their room and giving them sugar too. If that's happening, <laughs> give them more insulin. <laughs> like I, I, don't, I don't really care why it's happening. But there are probably bigger problems there than just <laughs> and yeah. get better window locks at the very yes. least. Um, <laughs> so that's the kind of overnight like while your body's making it blah, 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 like, right, like, you're, it's giving you things, you're building, but don't overlook the idea that as the body gets bigger, if you're being medicated with something, you're going to need more. There's a reason your doctor asks you how much you weigh when you, when you go, I remember having a surgery one time, and Jenny, this is a, not exactly a humble brag, but I don't look my weight to Mm -hmm. most people, and so I go in to get a surgery, and, you know, they give, they give me the medication and they come back in the room, the pre-op room, and they're like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. What's up? And they're like, you should be half asleep by now already. And I was like, feel good. And the nurse picks up the chart, looks, 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 looks. How much do you weigh? And I told her and she goes, oh, oh, the doctor thought you weighed much less. And then well, they didn't check your weight before giving you an anesthesia. Oh like, where am I? Is this going to go okay? You know, <laughs> right? but but the part I took from it was that because of my body weight, I needed more medication. And then the same thing happens here. If your body weight goes up, you're probably going to need more insulin and or, or loud or, or right, it maybe. But it's worth mm-hmm. looking into. I, it bit us. I've talked about it here before, but it bit us in the butt before when Arden, we finally got Arden's um, thyroid medication straightened mm-hmm. out. And then she got bigger 
and suddenly she's having these terrible symptoms. And our brain didn't say thyroid because we thought we fixed thyroid already. Right. So then we're taking her to a heart specialist when it turns out what she needed was like 15 more micrograms of tyrosine so, or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so please look at that um, growth and growth spurts. Well, and I think the big thing too that you kind of touched on, but more specifically, when kids grow, they don't, they always upgrow, they don't downgrow, right? <laughs> so if your child is growing, right. <laughs> you will need more insulin and likely more insulin in that time period of growth, be it two or three days, be it five days. Usually growth phases are not extensive, right? In mm-hmm. terms of like a month long amount of increase. Right. But you will also find because of the growth, your baseline insulin is not where you're going to land back to after the larger need for growth. Yes. You'll usually find like a middle ground between the low need, the high need for growth, and now you're settled in after the growth. That's kind of where you're going to aim to get to. So there's a spot where your basal is at, where even your meal needs, your correction factors. And then during the growth, they're going to increase. Yes. But they may drift back down lower from where the growth is happening, but not all the way back down to where you began. Correct. Excellent. Cool. Thank you. Yes. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C- A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. Let me do a little roundup here at the end of the week. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Contour next one dot com forward slash juice box. Touched by type one dot org. Trialnet.org forward slash juice box. Those are the sponsors. Hit the link. Support the show. I hope you enjoyed that kind of little look behind the curtain. It's never happened to me before. And when I realized that it happened, I thought, wow, this is super interesting. And I first I thought, I'll just delete one of them and I'll give them the other one. And then I listened through both and I thought, these are fundamentally different conversations and such a good indication that Jenny and I really do sit down and have off the top of our head conversations about stuff like this. And I think it's interesting to see how the conversation can be drawn in different directions just by somebody asking a question or having a thought one day that they didn't have the next. That was really cool. And it gave me an idea. So in 2022, Jenny and I are going to go back privately, separate of each other, and listen to a diabetes pro tip episode. And then we're going to come together the next day and we're going to record an update to the diabetes pro tip. And we'll do that all through the year in 2022. How cool is that, right? I think that's going to be really um, interesting and fun and, I think, valuable. I really think we might look back at ourselves from a couple of years ago and say, oh, I would have, I should have said this here. Or since then, I've learned this, and now I'd like to expound a little bit. Anyway, that's a little uh, teaser. That's going to be a long while from now. But it's something to look forward to. All right, guys, seriously, thanks so much for listening. I love making you this podcast. I'll be back soon.